Welcome in, folks, to the Daily Destroyer, the DFS show, part of the Dynasty Warzone Network. As always, I'm your co-host, Tyler, at F. Tyler O, joined by my man, Lou, at Lou Dog Sports. Lou, how's things going, man? Good. Uh, we're doing a little earlier today, but excited to, to be here and talk some football. That's right, man. Re- quick recap from last week. For myself, things went great. Scored over 200 points on DraftKings, which is always going to be good, specifically in cash lineups. Should have probably dipped a little bit into uh, GPPs, but that is easier said than done. Hindsight is 2020, but we crushed. All the guys I played in my lineup to get over 200 were guys that we talked about on the show, hoping to carry this momentum into week five. Lou, how did week four go for you? Yeah, I think the main difference between our teams was you played Tyreek. Um, and, I mean, I didn't, but I cashed... In basically all the double ups and then most head to heads, I had a little less points than you, but um, you know, I had a team that was well over the line in most mm-hmm. of those double ups, so it worked out for me. Love it, love it. Thomas is here in the chat. What's up, studs? Thomas, good to hear from you. Hope you stick around. We're gonna have some good shit for you today. Start off with quarterbacks, man. As we like to do, starting off at the top, a lot of the, the elite quarterbacks or some of the, the really good quarterbacks aren't on this slate, which really makes things interesting in terms of paying down. But let's start at the top, man. I'm gonna start off with six. Let me know who you're most interested in. Kyler at eight thousand. Tom Brady seventy four. Aaron Rodgers at seventy one. Hurts at seven k. Dak at sixty nine. And I'll just make the cutoff arbitrarily at Herbert at sixty eight. Out of these high-end quarterbacks, who are you most interested in playing? And is there like a, an absolute fade, or is there somebody you like the most that you are going to be playing and aren't considering these other higher-priced QBs? Yeah, I think Dak is probably the one I'm playing the most this week. It's a pretty good matchup against the Giants. Um, we're unsure if Zeke is injured or not, if they might lean on the pass a little more. Um, and I mean, Dak's floor is just, it's been great. He also, as we know, runs the ball reasonable amount and is willing to run by the end zone as well. And, you know, th- three of the four games, he has over three um, passing touchdowns. He hasn't really been hitting the 300 yard bonus as much as maybe we would like to see. Yep. But in this matchup, I think he has a pretty great floor. And I really like Tom Brady for tournaments. I think he might get. He's not necessarily going to get overlooked, but I think with Kyler, Hertz, Herbert, all these other guys like around him, they'll just end up getting played more than him. Uh, I kind of like Brady in tournaments. They're just throwing so often uh, in Tampa Bay, and I think Brady's he still looks like he's got it, and it's going to be some sort of bounce-back spot. After last week, he didn't throw a touchdown, so I think that might be keep people off and I'd be interested in tournaments. Two guys going down the list a bit that I have some interest in. One is going to be Joe Burrow, 6,100 playing against the green Bay Packers. There's a chance to get down in this game. We know that Mixon is out. We were a little bit fooled going into the season. We were promised a very pass heavy and fast offense. Hasn't been the case because they have been leaning on Mixon thus far, but with Mixon most likely out and see Higgins back in. There is a decent chance, at least in my opinion, that the Bengals find themselves passing a bit more and leaning on the pass in this game. We know Burrow is pretty solid. We know the weapons are absolutely elite in terms of the, you know all three of them together. 
So it's 6,100. I, I really like Burrow's over for, for passing attempts or passing completions in this game, which really leads me to, you know, Burrow at 6,100, like 300 yards, three touchdowns, absolutely not out of the question because I don't really foresee them using the running backs too much, maybe in some short yarded situations and when they have to. So it it, it really sets itself, sets itself up well for a game when we see Burrow airing and outs early and often. Yeah, I like the call. And Burrow's had at least two touchdowns in every game this year. So, you know, he's – like you said, like they, they do like to lean on the pass at times. And if Mixon is going to be um, there a hundred percent, that sort of thing, it seems like those are when they do lean on Burrow a little more. And we've seen it last year where he has these, he could throw 50 times in a game and I wouldn't be surprised ever. So um, with Higgins back, Mixon hurt, it seems like it does kind of line up for that. And, you know, I wasn't really looking at him until you brought him up, but um, I like the call this week. And another quarterback, same range, Daniel Jones, 6K. He, he's been good this year. Like, in terms of fantasy, more so than anything, obviously, the, the Giants have not been. But he has been over 22 DK points in three of his last four. It was, it was kind of strange to see him, you know, just score 16 against the Falcons. But at the same time, he's, he's playing the Cowboys. And the Cowboys are allowing a lot of fantasy points through the air. Um, in fact, looking at the Cowboys, like, they have allowed – 74%. The defense has allowed 74% of the yards happen through the air. So it leads me to Daniel Jones. We can get to the pass catchers later, but at the same time, 6K, and we know he runs, which which is always a really nice thing to have as, as like a little side piece to your upside there. So Daniel Jones, 6K, same range as Burrow. Thoughts on Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes. Yeah, I, I like Jones, and I think, I think he's going to have a little more ownership this week just because – this is what happens when you're on primetime games is people notice more, especially when you have a big game and he's coming off of a game with over 400 passing yards. And I think this Dallas giants game is going to be likely the, the chalkiest of games this week. So um, I think he'll be owned. So that's where you playing burrow in tournaments will be pretty good leverage. Um, I also kind of like for a few hundred cheaper Trey Lance, you know, we, we did There's this questions. a few weeks ago. There's questions, yeah, with fields. fields. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm not overly excited because it's one of those things where, you know, if you're going to play them in cash, it's, it's probably okay. But, like, why not just play for $300 more Daniel Jones? But, you know, in tournaments, I think it allows you to jam a lot of the big names in there as well. So I'm not overly excited to play Lance. I think I favor Daniel Jones, but I think you're, you're more on the Lance side, yep. right? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I like the rookie quarterbacks this year. It, it has been a disappointment, to say the least. I was really up on fields when he started, and that was an absolute obscene disappointment for me. But at the same time, I have much more faith in Shanahan and the 49ers and the play calling and making sure that they're putting Trey Lance in a position to win. You know, he, he played a half of football, had almost 20 fantasy points last week. You know, a lot of it came from just one Debo deep ball. But at the same time, like, he's, he's a threat in the red zone. We Like, they've been putting him in the game so far this season to run the ball in in the red zone, which is a really good thing when we're trying to score DraftKings or fantasy points. So we know that is an option as well. So, you know, he hasn't looked the best as a passer, like really long windups, telegraphing some of his tosses. It hasn't been pretty. But at the same time, with that rushing upside and the price of 5700 I'm a little bit more leaning his way in cash at 5700 just because I, I want to root for the guy, too. Like, there's, there's always going to be yeah. that piece of me, the bias side of me that wants him to succeed. So I definitely hear your concerns. He's not like a smash cash play, but he's definitely in consideration. Yeah. Lou, before we move on to running backs, uh, another quarterback you'd like to talk about? Um, I kind of like Herbert as well this week. I think the way that people have been looking at the Browns defense is, is one of the top defenses and 
they that might keep them off of um, playing someone like Herbert. But I mean, he's just putting up numbers that we don't really see with with players that young. I think um, the stat that I saw was he's tied for the most uh, games with three touchdowns and no interceptions mm-hmm. through his first two seasons. And he's only four weeks into his second season. So, I mean, he's just doing things that we don't regularly see. And he's coming off of two consecutive games with that, that sort of stat line. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's doing it against basically any team. So he he's one of those guys that's somewhat, um, you know, just opponent proof where even if they're facing the Browns, like I think he could still put up, multiple uh, touchdowns and Mm -hmm. he's just got such a great receiving core. So I like him in tournaments because he's off of more of the, the DAC chalk. Um, You could stack them up there in the late game. So you're able to like catch up to other teams if you might be trailing or missed early chalk. So I'm going to look towards Herbert stacks to be able to have that flexibility this week. Pool of three quarterbacks. Feel free to name another if we have not talked about that quarterback. Yeah, I'm doing Brady, Dak, and Jones, Daniel. Brady, Dak, and Jones. Couldn't talk into Burrow, but honorable mention, let's just say. I mean, uh, I think if I'm playing like five teams or like a five max or something, like he's he's interesting for sure, but I don't know. I, I usually don't play that many teams to have that many different quarterbacks. Running backs, question of the week, question of every week. Are we playing or fading Derrick Henry? Yeah, I think it's another week where I'm going to play him. You're going to play matchup, man. I mean, his usage is just insane. He has three straight games with at least 30 touches and over 100 yards. He's guaranteed that 100-yard bonus when he's getting these 30 touches. And the only concern that I have with him right now is their use of Jeremy McNichols recently. Um, And I think... That's more so hurting him in the passing game, but I mean, even last week he still had two targets. Um, and the thing, though, with Henry is because he's going to be very chalky, um, he's more of a cash play for me and fade in tournaments because in tournaments he really has to probably score at least 30-plus mm-hmm. for it to really work. Like If he gets 18 points in this game, that might be fine for cash, but um, in tournaments there's probably going to be five other running backs that get that that point total with less salary. So um, he's just so much more expensive than all the other options that I'll probably stay away from him mostly in tournaments. But, um, I mean, against the Jags defense, like he just keeps getting all these great matchups. So I think I'd consider um, just still just jamming him in to cash. Yep, I'm with you on that one. Another running back uh, cut from the similar cloth that I have been interested in. It was a guy that – you know, after doing my research for this week, it really led me to, and then seeing his price at six, 700 got me really excited under seven K for Nick Chubb was, it was a great matchup in my opinion. And then, you know, he's just a really good running back. You know, you look at some of the, the pieces of it and, you know, the chargers this year have been a, a legitimate run funnel. I mean, their defense, the yards that they've given up this year, 72% have been on the ground. And, like, this is a team that's been playing fairly well, so you got to keep that in mind as well. So it's just they are a bottom five run defense. They're good against the pass. They don't really allow big plays. It's really not what they do. So that that is going to allow a lot for Chubb. And maybe you could talk me into Hunt, possibly, you know, to 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 eat underneath and get, get some chunk yards at, at multiple points of time during this game. 
you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not on Baker, not on the pass catchers this week, but Chubb at 6,700 is a guy that, you know, I look at, you know, his usage, like again, Hunt's been, Hunt's been playing well. Hunt is yeah. a great running back, but you know, he and he'll has get seen, his touches. He'll get his touches. Week. Like another, another, yeah. And, and if this game doesn't get out of hand early from like the chargers just coming out of the gate hot and going up a ton, like they're going to be looking to Chubb early and often 20 touches easily within the, uh, you know, within the range of outcomes, in my opinion. So even 25 in some regards. So Chubb at 6,700 is a guy that I am pretty excited to get in there. I know it's a little scary to get Henry and Chubb in there in terms of the pass floor for both these guys is not great. But I do believe that the matchup for both Chubb and Henry in week five dictates that both of them is pretty safe cash plays. Yeah, and I don't know if I'll go with Chubb necessarily in cash, but um, I do like the call that, now that he's under 7k people are kind of forgetting about him just playing wise and there's a lot of other decent options this week that are when you look at it from afar um seem to be in better matchups like for 200 more you can get Najee Harris who is just getting a ridiculous um amount of volume in the passing game and so that obviously is going to attract people to play him on DraftKings so I think playing uh, someone like Chubb uh, off of someone like Harris is pretty sharp. And then there's so many running backs that are going to be played in that upper 5K, mid 5K range that um, playing Hunt just allows you to get a lot of leverage off of that chalk. So um, for me, that's more of like a, a play that I would make in GPPs versus cash. But I mean, he's pretty locked in for volume for Chubb. So I think he's not the worst cash play because you know, he's going to get a decent amount of touches and the likelihood of him getting a hundred yards and a touchdown or two is probably higher than someone like Najee Harris, who what if Najee only gets three receptions this game, then, you know, Chubb's guaranteed to score more points than him. Two other running backs, I believe are going to be popular plays and two guys that I'm honestly interested in playing is going to be Mr. Leonard Fournette at 5,200 and Damian Williams at 5,600. Real quick, Fournette, he's, you know, Rojo is nothing. He's dust. He's not playing. And I believe that the Bucks are 10-point favorites in this game, and he is still, with Geo on the mend, the preferred pass-catching back as well. So he's getting the volume on the ground. He's getting the volume through the air. And at 5,200 against Miami Dolphins, it seems like a pretty solid lock. And then Damian Williams on the flip side, uh, 5,600, we know Montgomery Ooh. is out. And uh, hello, pup. Um, we know Montgomery is out. So 5,600 for Damian Williams is, is going to be something that I'm interested in. Talking about the funnels through four weeks, like the Raiders, um, they're allowing 58%. Their defense is allowing 58% of the yards on the ground. Their 18th the Raiders run defense is 18th DVOA, 23rd in yards allowed. They are susceptible to the ground game as well. So, Damian Williams, 5,600. Fournette, 5,200. Both seem to be in good matchups. Both uh, got a lot of projected volume thoughts on those two. Yeah, I think they'll both be pretty chalky plays. And part of the reason I I won't end up playing Chubb is because I'll go down to one, if not two of those guys. Um, Fournette, I think, is going to be one of the chalkiest on the whole slate. Um, And that's another reason I have the interest in Brady is it's – a way of pivoting off of the run game of Tampa Bay and Damian. I mean, we've, we've kind of seen it before when he's been given more of like a full-time role. Um, but the thing is, it's like, I don't know. It's hard when, 
we've seen it before with Fournette in this offense and yeah. Damien's still kind of new to the offense. And he's 400 cheaper. <laughs> yeah. So I think I lean Fournette between the two, especially in cash. Um, but I think Damien's also a pretty strong play this week. Yep. And then uh, the guy that I'm interested in, and I've been interested in almost every single week, and you, you can you can blame the homer in me here. But DeAndre Swift, 6,100, his price is, is pretty damn cheap. We know he's a good running back. I know there was some, you know, frustration last week with Swift where folks, you know, Dan Campbell came out and said, like, we got to get this guy more touches or, you know, we got, he's going to be our lead guy. I don't, I don't know exactly what we said, but it was, it was to that degree. And they come out and Jamal Williams is that dude. They're just handing this guy the rock over and over again. But there, there's a couple pieces to this, you know, the peripherals when you take a look at these Detroit running backs that really stick out to me to lean in Swift's way going forward. I think one offensive line is is a bit mangled um you know ragno just hit the ir we're unsure if sewell's gonna play we still haven't seen decker back so things aren't great in that regard so you know swift is bit has been the preferred pass catching back so in that regard things are good and they're probably gonna have to pass the ball a bit more just because the lines are terrible he is in week four um he also saw his most routes per run per drop back as he's seen all season. So they're committing to him run at least running more routes, which means the targets should come because he is still one of the best pass catchers on that team. And then you look at his high value targets and those are going to be receptions plus, you know, you know, red zone or green zone looks, what have you, but it looks, you know, when they're close to the, the end zone, you know, he, he is, he's in the top five in the NFL in terms of, you know, getting those kind of looks. I mean, things are, things are still looking good for Swift. He's a buy low for me in, in the season longs and at 6,100, like maybe not the best and safest cash play, but I do believe the upside is still there as one of the more talented players on the Lions who's getting the looks that we would like to see. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of um, players in that range that have more concerns around them, obviously like mix in, but you know, Gibson's kind of been whatever. The targets aren't there. Hurt. Yeah. yeah. Targets aren't there for him. And Swift, we know the targets will be there. Um, I think if you're going to play something along the lines of like a Cousins stack, like Cousins Jefferson, I, I think could be common this week. You bring yep. it back. My favorite play in that game would be Swift. Because really when he gets his upside is when he gets five, six plus. Um, mm-hmm targets in games and he usually does well with those targets because versus someone like James Robinson, who's a hundred less um, James Robinson's more likely to get 16 plus carries. Whereas Swift hasn't even hit 15 yet this year. So you really want it to be in a game script that Swift is getting more um, targets. So that's where I like playing him as even like a mini correlation, if you have Jefferson in, in your lineup as well. Um, I, I don't know if I would just play him by himself. So maybe that's where I lean not playing him in cash is because um, I like having him in, in a game that you're, you're thinking about the correlation involved. Mm-hmm. And then a, a final player I, I want to bring up, it turns out CMC is doubtful for this game and Hubbard is six K. The Eagles <laughs> have been bad against the run. And I think more importantly, um, you look at the Eagles and they're allowing the most, their defense is allowing like in terms of like percentages, as I've been mentioning, they've been allowing the most rush yards per like, you know, throughout four weeks. I think if I, if I take a look at my notes here, 74% of the, of the yards allowed by the Eagles have been on the ground, man. It's like, you can just run the ball on the Eagles for absolute free at this point in time. Like it, it is. And saw a bit of a disappointment from Chuba, from Chuba, Chuba, Chuba mm-hmm. Hubbard. I need to be right here. It's Chuba. Sorry folks. Chuba Hubbard. And, you know, I 
I think it could be a bounce back game for him. You know, is it is the best playing cash? I'm not sure because they seem to want to use, I believe Rodney Rodney Smith in the past game. But at the same time, the matchup is good. There's some thought behind him as a good play. Yeah, I like the call. Um, I think we don't really have to go that cheap at running back this week. Um, do you think like obviously like if Dalvin was out? then Madison becomes a good play. I know mm-hmm. early in the week we were considering if Zeke was out, then Pollard would be a good play. Yep. Seems like seems like Zeke's going to play. And for 7K, he still seems a little under, underpriced. Yeah, um, I would I mean, agree with that. We've been seeing what he's done um, so far the last few games. And he just, for 7K, you're getting a guy who has that, that 100 plus um in his arsenal and it seems like he's getting fed a touchdown each week now too. So um, I kind of like Zeke as more of the like paying up to be criterion. If um, he could, uh, he could get some run as, as far as, Oh, he's going to be in, he's going to be a hundred percent and and people will play him. But I think if people are concerned about the injury, like he's a decent play, especially off of the, the more chalky options with like Dak stacks in that game. Agreed. Another running back out there, Lou, you'd like to talk about before we ask for the pool and move to the wide receivers? Uh, nope. I think those are them. Give me the four. Four running backs at this point in time. Folks are recording on a Friday afternoon. So, of course, pay attention to the news. Pay attention to you know some of the coach speak in, in some regard, the injury reports, what have you. But um, Friday afternoon, four running backs you're most interested in getting in your week five lineup. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Derrick Henry is just like an easy choice, but – um, I like Damian Williams, Leonard Fournette, uh, and Zeke along with Henry. All right. Shifting over to the wide receivers. I think, again, this week is very similar to how we talked about Henry. Is like, you know, are, are we fading or playing Derrick Henry? Same thing with Devontae Adams, considering the other wide receivers on this slate. Like, a lot of good quarterbacks off it, in my opinion. A decent amount of good wide receivers are off it as well. 8,200, Devontae Adams. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean he's he's gonna be a tough call for me because you can definitely build lineups with him and Henry together. A lot of those lineups you end up getting someone like Daniel Jones or um, Lance in there. But then the cheap options aren't as great this week as some other weeks have been. So, I mean, for eighty two hundred, you could get Devonte Adams, or for say like sixty five hundred, you can get someone like Keenan Allen who is getting a, a great amount of volume. Um, he's got at least eight targets every game this year. Um, and it just seems like he hasn't really, really hit a big game yet that we've seen. Um, but his floor is pretty high. And for 1700 less than um, Adams, I think it opens up a lot of other options you can have within your team. So mm-hmm. I really like Keenan Allen this week. Um and then on the upper end, I think I still prefer someone like Justin Jefferson. Agreed. Um, he's it's a great matchup, and he's pretty likely like he's cousins. He's cousins guy. I mean, I know around the end zone he kind of favors Thielen, but uh, the floor in Justin Jefferson is is pretty high, and it's one of the best matchups he'll have this year. And he gets to face the Lions twice, so I'm sure he marked this day on his calendar as this is going to be a big game for me. Sad but true. Sad but true. 
Uh, I, you know, I think, you know, dropping down a little bit to some of the cheaper guys that I have some extreme interest in, and I would honestly wouldn't mind playing either one of them. One's going to be LaVisca Chenault at 5K. And at the end of the day, like, we know DJ Chark is out. The Titans are a very friendly pass defense, um, so that's another plus. He um, he saw seven targets last week, which was great. So, I mean, ten. he saw ten targets in week one, seven. Week two had a down week in week three, four, but seven again. I mean, seven, eight targets again is, is very much in play for LaVisca. Like, we know that the dot is a bit of a concern, but, like, playing at, you know, at 4,800 for, for LaVisca when he's likely going to see at least seven targets in a very plus matchup, I mean, it's – it, it, it seems like, I don't know if it's a no brainer necessarily, but at the same time, like Titans is just secondary is terrible. So it, I think Mar- him or Marvin are two guys that I kind of want to get in my lineup. Marvin is, is a bit more expensive, rightly so, in my opinion. But thoughts on LaVisca Chenault? I really like LaVisca. Uh, He's cheaper than Marvin. Uh, I think Marvin might have a higher ceiling just because of the touchdown upside. But I think LaVisca is pretty safe. Um, I'd be. Generally more surprised if LaVisca comes out of this game with like three catches for, you know, 18 yards or whatever, but um, then Marvin Jones. But I mean, we saw it last week. Like if, if we want to see a full strength LaVisca Chenault, then I mean, he just gets peppered with targets when he's available. He just runs a lot of those short routes and um, it's the type of thing where with a rookie quarterback, I think, he's starting to get more comfortable with LaVisca. Um, and without Chark there, like there's only going to be so many good options that they have. So it's pretty much LaVisca and, and Marvin. And if we expect this game to be a little more up in pace because they're facing the Titans, who like to run a lot of plays, then I think this is the type of matchup where 4,800 just seems too cheap for LaVisca. Fair enough. And then Waddle was going to be the other one that I wanted to bring up. Um, 4,800, just like LaVisca. Um, you know, in the, in the end of the day, we have no Fuller. He is on IR. Um, Devontae Parker, I believe, is a game time decision at this point. So, and they're playing against the Bucks, who are the the biggest definition of a pass funnels we've seen. I mean, it's yeah, we've eighty five percent of the yards scored again. I mean, eighty five percent the yards allowed by the defense have been through the air. They just put another of their members of the secondary on IR. You just don't run against them. And the Plains Dolphins don't want to wanna run. And the Dolphins yes. don't want to run. And, and <laughs> yeah, we had a little just like, you know, we had a 13 target game in week three, then went down to four targets in week four against the Colts. You don't you don't love to see that. But at the same time, like he the volume should still be coming his way. And yeah. like what I know about Jalen Waddle from watching him in college is he still has that upside. Like we did not see that in week three with those 13 targets for 58 yards. It was terrible. The fact that he got 58 yards off of 13, 13 targets, 12 catches is insane. But he does have that upside. I do believe he can take one of those passes to the house because he has that top end speed. He has that breakaway ability. So at 4,800 in a game where he could still see seven, eight targets like pretty easily and the upside still exists against a very, very, very leaky buck secondary thoughts on Waddle. Yeah, I like Waddle. Um, he's one of my favorites in the Brady um, for bring back options. Uh, my concern is like, yeah, we haven't really seen him have any big plays and we haven't really seen the upside yet. And, you know, that that's part that somewhat concerns me also with having someone like Jacoby Brissett, who generally has less of um, yards per target. And so 
that's the thing with Waddle that I'm I'm still trying to wrap my head around is like like you said like he should have more of these big games and and big runs, but um, we've really only seen it once this year that he's broken away anything over like twenty yards, um, and so that's that's sort of my concern. But like you said, this is the matchup that we could see that happen in, um, and you know hopefully we do. Like I'm I'm still gonna play him, but I. I personally lean LaVisca mm-hmm. um, over Waddle, but I get why people would play both. Um, I just don't think I would play both of them together. Sure. I think that has they're going to be too chalky combined. Mm-hmm. So um, it's going to be based on the rest of my lineup. Like if I have Henry in the lineup, I think it's more likely I'll play LaVisca with that little mini correlation. If I'm doing something with, say, Godwin or Brady, I'll, I'm more likely to have Waddle. Two other wide receivers I expect to be or have higher ownership in this game. You kind of mentioned it with Dak. It's going to be CeeDee Lamb at 6,200 and Amari Cooper at 6,100. Amari came out and said he's feeling better. He's feeling healthy. We know these two guys have upside. We know the Cowboys have the ability to throw a lot, and they're pretty fairly priced. So just a really quick touch on CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, your thoughts, your interest. Yeah, I think they're going to be relatively high-owned, and that part of it kind of – it worries me a little more about playing them. Um, I think I'll play them in, in a DAC stack, but that'll also be common. So the hard part is like choosing between the two. Like we, there's a lot of these teams out there that are similar where like the Vikings, like choosing between Jefferson and Thielen. But I mean, usually I side on who's cheaper. And in this case, it's 6,200 versus 6,100. So they're really, really, yeah, similar. really matter. Yeah. Um, I think it depends on if we hear, any concerns about Amari's health going into the game. I think if they're both a hundred percent, I think Amari tends to have higher upside in that, in that sense that I'd be more likely to choose him. But if it comes out that, um, you know, maybe he's going to be somewhat limited, this, that, then I think more people are going to then go towards lamb. So I probably will side with Cooper for, for both of those reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, they're both great plays. We've seen it before where they can each get over 10 targets in the same game. And if I'm already interested in playing uh, Dak or just interested in that game in general, then I think um, they're both pretty good options this week, but they're going to be commonly owned. And then one thing I want to touch on, it's somewhat, somewhat breaking news is uh, Julio has been ruled out, but AJ Brown will in fact be playing and A.J. Brown is at um, 6,500 against the Jacksonville Jaguars defense, who um, has not been great. But let's just, just say that. Like, they are, you know, they're allowing a decent amount of points. I mean, more so on the ground. But at the same time, like, it's just not a good defense. 6,500, A.J. Brown, I mean, going into the year, people talking about him being, like, the dynasty wide receiver one, a top five, top six wide receiver. And now he's sitting here at 65 with Julio out. Thoughts on that? Yeah, AJ Brown has been my biggest uh, L so far this season. Basically, every team I have drafted him on is, you know, very much underperforming. But I think the the beauty of AJ Brown this week is a lot of people don't want to play him because of that, and because Henry's going to be more uh, more owned, and basically people want to go towards the Henry side of it. So. Um, less people are going to play someone like AJ Brown in this matchup, which makes him a lot more interesting for tournaments where uh, you can match him with a Visca in the same lineup. And you don't necessarily, it, it's more of like a mini correlation. Like you don't have to mm-hmm. stack him with, with Tannehill or anything like that. But um, I think 
people are going to not want to play him because of the injury, because of the underperformance. And I think that makes him a very interesting play in, in some of the bigger field stuff. Any wide receivers we have not touched on so far, Lou, that you feel like we need to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I don't really want to do it, but you interested in playing Curtis Samuel this week? Three <laughs> K, yeah. I mean, a three K if I need to. I haven't, I haven't like necessarily locked in my lineups yet, but if I find myself in a situation where I don't have any money and I need to put Curtis Samuel in there for three K. Like, you know, sure, I could. You, you could talk me into it. You know, he, he I think he had four targets last week and just sixteen routes run, but he also they were easing him in like nineteen he, yards. <laughs> yeah, he, he played uh, just a you know small amount of the snaps, like a third of the snaps, maybe a little bit more, like forty percent of the snaps. But Tommy Brown is out. So Logan Thomas is out. You know, things things could go well for three K. Like I, I, if you're punting, yeah, when you if you have to punt a wide receiver slot, you know, this is a good situation for three K on Curtis Samuel in this situation because we know he's talented. And he he was eased back in last week. He's a, you know, like this could be this he could easily be the last time. It will be the last time we see him at three K. So you know, he could be running you know right there alongside Curtis Samuel as the number two you know pass catcher on this offense. You know, this game isn't necessarily slated to be a you know an absolute you know you know high scoring game in that regard but at yeah. the same time th- there is interest there yes i mean i'm not going to him right off the bat but if i'm starting building my lineup and i need to save some serious cash it's it's a guy that i'll be thinking of yeah i probably won't play him but um if it's something that you need salary like there's worse options at 3k and like you said with with the injuries on that team like it does make it more likely that he'll have a bigger role than he did last week um, and you know, hopefully he plays at, even if he's playing 50% of the snaps, um, I still think like for three K we've seen the upside that he has, like he, he generally has a low a dot, but he has that, that sort of breakaway speed. So, um, if they're limiting him, that's almost better because they're, they're making sure that he's in when he's able to have, have one of those breakaways. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I think. I might land on him on a couple lineups, but those are lineups where I'm paying up other places. Other wide receivers you like to touch on, Lou? I think that's it. All right. Give me your pool of five wide receivers you're interested in week five. DraftKings. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I think I'll play it. I don't know if I'll play Devontae. Oh, we didn't talk about Jacoby Myers. I kind of like him this week, but he'll 56. be pretty widely owned. Um He's got that uh, first touchdown of his career. Does he score it? Yeah, like every week, everyone's yeah, everyone yeah, brings that narrative up. So until he week. does that, I think people will play him. But um, that's I probably won't play him because of that. Where I mean, he doesn't seem like he gets touchdowns, so that limits his upside. And if he's going to be fifteen plus percent owned, then um, I think there's other options around there that you can go to. So um, I'll say Keenan Allen, uh, like Chris Godwin. And then Waddle, Visca, and let's go with um, Justin Jefferson as my other. Moving along to tight ends, you know I expect there to be some some decent chalk this week. You know the, the names that come to mind is going to be Ricky Seals, absolute pun at twenty five hundred. I mean he he was the only t- like they're not splitting snaps at this point in time. You know with yeah. Logan Thomas out when Logan Thomas went out, it was Ricky Seals Jones as the backup. I expect him to dominate snaps and looks if the, however many looks there are. So at twenty five hundred, Ricky Seals as an absolute punt seems like a, a pretty 
decent play that'll be highly owned. And then again, I expect folks to go back to Evan Ingram at 3,200 and, and Cameron Brait at 33, especially with, again, we just heard Sterling Shepard is out. It looks like Slayton's out as well. Some, you know, it's low A dot, but targets are likely going to be coming Ingram's way in a game that, you know, it's going to have some passing in it. So, um, you know, again, same thing with Brait, a game that they're probably going to pass. So, yeah, we, we know that they're a 10 point favorite. I know we talked before not run the ball out, but Brady still likes to pass. So, you know, as far as like punt plays, we have Ricky Seals 25, Ingram 32, Brait 33. Your thoughts on these three cheaper, likely higher owned tight ends? Yeah, I think we've we've gone down this road with Ricky Seals Jones plenty of times <laughs> where, oh, he's just been priced and he's going to get all these extra snaps and it just seems like it never really works out. It only works out when it's in like an island game Monday night or something. Um, but I probably prefer, and it sounds terrible, but I probably prefer Evan Ingram. Like, he does seem safest. The thing with Bray is there's so many other options yep, in agreed. that team. Agreed. Um, and especially with, like, Fournette also likely to be a big part of this game. Um, that's my concern with Bray. I think I'd play Bray with Brady, but maybe not solo. Um, and then I think that's where I sort of lean Evan Ingram where, I mean, probably all three of these guys are going to have less than 10 points, like, likely. But, I mean, for cash, like all you need from a tight end a lot of the times if you're getting all those other great plays in is like six to eight points. So um, in that sense, like they're all just saving you salary, but I'll probably try to get off of them all in tournaments. Darren Waller, highest tight end on the slate, 7,300. You know, second cheapest he's been all year. He's had at least seven. I know after his 19 target ridiculous performance in, in week one, he's had seven targets in every single game. Only one touchdown since then. You know, look, looking at the Bears, the, the Bears aren't necessarily striking fear in, in their defense as it has in the past. So your thoughts on, you know, generally trying to get Waller in their paint up at tight end? Yeah, I like it. And I think it's a way of, having a different lineup than other people because basically you're taking that spot instead of a Jefferson or Adams. Um, and in a week where you don't have Kelsey, um, I think that's where it it's more viable to play Waller. I think mm -hmm. on, on FanDuel, he's, he's going to be more highly owned, but um, I like it. And it's something that every week he just seems to get there. Um, he's, pretty much the top option for car every week. And, you know, if, if they are say trailing in this game or, or need to have a drive, then um, that's where car ends up leaning on Waller. And we'll, we've seen it, like you said, like he's had 19 target games. So um, he could easily get spikes in targets and have massive games any week. So um, I like it, but I don't think you need to do that in cash. You, that's more of a, a tournament play as well. One guy that I'm interested in that isn't necessarily punt is, is Gusecki. So from, from a tweet from our man Wyatt uh, at Wyatt B underscore FF, uh, since two left the game, um, and it's just been Gusecki in there. I'm sorry, we're just uh, Brissett in there. Gusecki has a 20% target share. He's had 18 receptions, 184 yards, touchdown, and 33 and a half, uh, half PPR points. And we know that Tampa Bay, as we've mentioned, are an absolute pass funnel. Brissett seems to be looking to him early and often. So I see him there sitting at 4,200, probably, in my opinion, going to be decently low-owned compared to some of those more punts. 
you know, I, I think he has more upside than an Ingram or a Bright or a Ricky Seals Jones. I think he has also has a safer floor. You know, if I can fit it, Gasecki does give me some interest at 4,200. Yeah, I like him. Uh, he, like you said, he has a better floor than those 3K guys, and he definitely has a higher ceiling. Um, Brissett seems to favor him. It's a matchup that we like already. Um, you know, he ends up being, he might end up being my favorite of the tight end plays overall. Um, and especially since I already like the Brady stacks, then I think most Brady stacks will probably be built with Waddle as the, the bring back. So if I bring it back with Gusecki, then I'm already going to be a little different. So, um, yeah, I really like Gusecki this week. Any other tight ends you'd like to touch on before we move into your pool of three? Uh, no, it's pretty barren this week. All right. Three tight end plays of the week, Lou. Let's say Gusecki, Ingram, and Waller. Moving to defense. It's a it's honestly just a punt for me most weeks. I mean, that's usually where I'm at. But I think there's some decisions to be made in terms of paying down at defense and just sticking in whatever you can. That's going to be Eagles at 2200 against Carolina. Um, Washington football team who have been woeful, but we still know that the talents there, they should be good at 2,300 against New Orleans Saints who haven't necessarily been their high-powered offensive selves. And then my personal favorite, the Texans, 2,300. The the Patriots, um, I believe four of their starting offensive linemen might be out. I think it's COVID-related. I'll check that, but it looks like their offensive line might be decimated. Either way, this Texans and New England Patriot game has a 39.5 point uh, implied total, under 40 point implied total is, is crazy bad. So, I like all those plays. I think it's easy to just, you know, pick a cheap one this week and, and the Texans stick out to me. Your thoughts on these cheaper defensive plays. And then maybe there's one out there that you're more interested in than others. Yeah. I mean, Texas is probably the favorite in the ones that you play in cash. But as we've seen in the past, like that just makes it very easy to pivot and go to, say, like the Eagles in tournaments um, or even Washington football team. Like Washington football team have generally been underperforming what we expected from their defense and so now we get a price at 2300 this was a 3500 dollars defense last week and the fact that everyone's talking about the texans and that's going to be the play that's just it's so easy to go straight to washington this week um and do that instead so i i have interest in them and then the cowboys defense at 2800 like they apply a good amount of pressure and they've just been crazy with uh turnovers this year they have two interceptions every game this year so they just bring up a ton of points yeah uh, Trayvon Diggs is just like having crazy year um and if a lot of people are going to be playing that game in their stacks then you're leveraging against them by picking a defense in that game so uh, I like the Cowboys as well for a little more and we and we know Daniel Jones is turnover prone just to just to really hammer that home man it's yeah it's just a fact and, I mean, James Winston's turnover prone with that Washington take. Love it, man. Uh, that's going to do it. Daily Destroyer, Week 5, DraftKings, Main Slate. Lou, final thoughts on Week 5 before we wrap this up and get out of here. Yeah, I think it uh, should be a fun week. A lot of the big-name teams aren't on the slate. Uh, you got that. Uh, it's the Bills and the Ravens, right? The Bills and... Chiefs and the Bills. Yeah. The, the Chiefs, Bills, Ravens all aren't on this slate. So that's where a lot of the big name the, players. The Bills and the Chiefs are playing each other, yes. Bills and Chiefs, yeah. Um, and then you got that 
London game. So there's a lot of teams that aren't on the slate that it makes the pool a little tighter. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what makes it a little more fun is you're not just jamming in Kelsey or Tyreek and Lamar Jackson and like the big name guys. So um should be a fun slate. Agreed, man. All right, we're going to get out of here. Make sure you follow Lou on Twitter at Sports and myself, Tyler, at FFTyler. That's all we have today, folks. Don't forget, tell somebody you love them. Later.